From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Superpower School podcast. I'm your host, Paddy Danda, and today I have a guest that I know is going to change your life because he brings a skill set that I think we all crave for, or many of us do, like me and others. If you feel that you want to build your confidence when you're public speaking or in any type of communication, then I think this episode's going to be for you. So I'd love to introduce our special guest today, Brendan Kumar Sami, who is a YouTuber and a communication coach. So Brendan, welcome to the show today. Patty, the pleasure is absolutely mine. Thanks for having me. I mean, that was after about 10 takes because I kept messing up your surname, but hey, we'll keep quiet about that one, Brendan. <laughs> so tell us more, Brendan, what's your background? Because I came across you on YouTube and I just loved some of the videos that you share with the world and some of your tips and hints, but I'd love to know the backstory. Absolutely, brother. Really appreciate it. So for me, it all started in college. I went to business school and I did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while the guys my age were playing basketball or baseball or rugby, I wasn't one of those guys. Those sports are way too dangerous for me to play. I did presentations competitively. And that's how I learned how to speak. But then as I got older, Patty, I started coaching a lot of the students in university. Not because I was a great coach, but because the alternative they had was rocks. So they picked me. So I started helping them with their communication. And that's how I accidentally learned the skill of communication coaching. So a few years after I graduated from university, I was super grateful. I got an amazing job out of uni. I worked at IBM for a few years as a tech consultant. But in that transition, I had the idea for the YouTube channel, Patty, because I realized that everything that was in my head wasn't really available for free on the internet. So I just started making videos in my mom's basement. I called it Master Talk. And then a few years later, it just turned into something I never could have imagined. Oh, just to give us some idea of the scale which you operate now, like tell us some of your, your following and how has it blown up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first year I started this channel, I thought it was a really stupid idea. I mean, who's going to listen to a 22-year-old kid that I was at the time making YouTube videos on communication and public speaking? It turns out a lot of people. So the first day I didn't do so well, right? Because it takes a long time to build a following on YouTube. But now, you know, I'm super grateful. I hit 25,000 in July. And I think the channel is growing at 1,000 subscribers a month now. So we just crossed 27 and we should be on track to hitting at least 30 by the end of this year. So super grateful. Fantastic. I'm about 1,000 at the moment, and that's taken a long time, but that's phenomenal. Well done. That's a, that deserves a huge applause on that. I think you've done fantastic. And how, how long has the channel been going for? Three and a half years. So I started, and I appreciate the kind words as well. I started in January 2019. I professionalized the channel in September 2019. That means when I started putting real money into it. And now, you know, today it's, it's what it is. So in terms of communication, and your specialism. Tell us more about that. And I believe that's the superpower we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the way that I think about communication, let's start with the definition first, Patty. 
for me, the definition of communication public speaking is one and the same, which is simply this. How do we convey an idea for a specific audience in a way that achieves a specific outcome? So how do we convey an idea to a specific audience in a way that achieves a specific outcome? So for me, effective communication is someone's ability to meet all three of those criteria. And notice how this is a broad definition on purpose. It could be speaking to 100 people at a company, or it could be convincing your significant other that, hey, we should have Mexican food tonight instead of Chinese food, except the audience size is just one instead of a hundred, and the outcome is picking the right food for dinner versus getting some sales in the business. But it, the definition remains the same, is if somebody can convey an idea in a way that gets people to take action and really digest your key outcome, you've mastered communication. I oh, love that. That's such a nice way to put it. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone give such a succinct response to that sort of definition. Do you get people to take action based on the words that you tell them? Yeah, absolutely. Let's start with the context. Let's start with the challenge. Communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time, right? One of them is body language. Another one is storytelling, smiling, vocal tone variety, pacing, eye contact. And it can get really confusing for people. So if you try and juggle 18 balls at the same time, what happens? All 18 fall to the ground. So instead, the more relevant point is what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we can juggle three balls, that'll give us confidence for everything else. So this is what I call my easy three. So I'll pause after each one so I'm not monologuing. Let's start with number one. First thing I teach anybody, the random word exercise. Pick a random word like master, like talk, like trophy case, like lights, like Christmas, and create random presentations out of thin air. That's it. And the reason this is so effective is it because it helps you think on your feet really quickly. And if you can make sense out of nonsense, Patty, you can make sense out of anything. And that's really the magic of the random word. Do it a few times a day. You could do this in your shower. You could do this if you have kids while you're picking them up to and from school and just doing it every day. So let me just get that straight because I would love to try this active to my kids. I'm even thinking about it over the weekend now. So we pick a random word and we just say, tell me about that thing or that word. And you got structure it. The, the presentation in a certain way or is it completely up to them how they want to go about it. Let, let's make this easier. So for everyone listening to this podcast right now, Patty's about to give me a word that he did not give me prior to this conversation. And I need to do the random word exercise. So go ahead, Patty, throw me a word. Speaker. Sure. It's Sunday morning. And as any bright high performer does before they start their week, they get ready for the week. They take a list of to-dos. They get their post-it notes and they try and figure out what is my priority for the week. I'm not one of those people, unfortunately, because I'm lazy. I probably wake up at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning because I'm always working so hard during the week. But I still always think about my future, not just about the family that I want to have or the health, but what type of speaker do I want to be? What type of information, what type of message do I want to share with the world? And a lot of us have such important messages. All of us can be speaker, but we choose to hide our message in a box. And in the same way that when we were kids, we used to play with teddy bears and all these fancy toys. And as we get older, we leave them in a dark, dusty, lonely closet 
In that closet, we'll also find a little box that holds all of our dreams, all of our goals, and all of our ambitions. So what are you going to do with that little box in your closet? Are you going to make a decision one day to share your message in the world and become the speaker that you're meant to be? Or are you going to leave that small box in the closet? Because we all need to keep in mind, Patty, that being a speaker doesn't mean practicing and presenting in front of thousands of people. Being a speaker just means the confidence to share what you care about with the world to one person. And why don't you start with yourself? Because if you do, you'll become the speaker that you always wanted to be. That's it. Random word exercise. Wow. That's a masterclass in, I would say, improvisation of speaking. That's just phenomenal. Honestly, I love the way you started off hooking me in with the story. And then I was in that world with you where you were talking about this box being in this kind of dusty condition and now you're you're describing things and I'm starting to imagine and visualize this stuff. I mean, was all of that part of the intention behind that? Right. So let me make it even easier for all of us, Patty. If you've done the exercise less than 10 times, which is everyone listening to this episode, do not judge yourself. You know, when you start doing speaker, it'll sound like this. A speaker is, uh, it's like somebody who, right, you're not going to be good at it. And that's okay. I've done the exercise 3000 times. So the goal is kind of like when we started walking, we didn't sit down as babies and say, you know, Patty, let's intellectualize this. Should I start with my right foot or my left foot? No, we just got up and then we fell on our ass and we figured it out and then we got back up again. Same thing with the random word exercise. The priority is not on how well you do it. It's how many times you're willing to do it. So the first 10, 100 times you do it, you won't actually know what you're doing, but then eventually you'll stop caring. And that's when you start getting really good. I had no idea I was going to talk about a dusty box. I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me just keep running with this. And I just have fun with it. And that's the goal is what's communication is supposed to have fun. Love it. Okay. So that's number one. Number two. Absolutely. So number two is the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life, Patty, on a podcast, on a show, TV, family, work. And a lot of us are reactive to those questions. We wait for the question to appear. Whereas for me, the perspective has always been, how can we be more proactive to those questions? I'll give you an example. A few years ago when I started guesting on podcasts, I had no idea what I was doing. Like zero. I remember some guy asked the funniest question. He looked at me and he said, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at him and I was like, London, San Diego. Los Angeles, I had no idea how to answer that question. But then over time, I got better at answering questions. So every day for five minutes, what I would do is I would guess and write the answer to one question. That's it, five minutes a day. One question that I thought the world would ask me about my expertise, Patty. And I did that every day for a year. And if you do that every day for a year, Patty, five minutes a day, you'll have answered 365 questions about your industry. And you'll be absolutely bulletproof. So that's where I would do and practice the question drill. That's number two. Wow. And that's almost like having 365 video ideas for your YouTube channel, because I'm pretty sure you'd probably convert that into 
some form of insight for people. Absolutely. Right. I think the key is like, especially if you're a business owner listening to this or someone who's looking for your next job, this is the little things that nobody else is willing to do in your industry, right? It's those little questions. Nobody's willing to do once a day. The reason I'm bulletproof at what I do and how I communicate ideas is because I've done the question drill thousands and thousands of times. So there's never a question that I would get asked in a podcast that would throw me off anymore. And that's really the key is just do this every day for five minutes and I guarantee it'll change your life. That's number two. Okay. So Brendan, hit me with number three. Right. Number three is so simple. Nobody does it, Patty. Make a list of the people that you love, five to 10 people, and ask yourself a simple question. When was the last time I sent them a video message, 20 seconds tops, just to say how much I appreciate having them in my life. That's it. You do that a few times a day, really makes people's days. An easy way to implement this is go on Facebook. All of us have Facebook and you see whose birthday it is that day. And instead of texting them, happy birthday, just send them video messages. That's it. Makes people's day. You're usually the only person sending them a video message and it really helps you understand what communication is for, which is not doing a chore, which is not being stressed out about it, but really making a difference in people's lives. I got it. And I love that because I once had somebody, a salesperson, actually, they tried to get through to me on LinkedIn, but they really took the time to tell me a little bit about myself. And they were telling me how they checked my profile out and they were loving certain content. And instantly I was hooked and it felt like, I wanted to give this person the time and actually watch the full video. And of course, they were trying to generate some kind of lead, but it didn't feel like that. And I really connected with that video. And I just think sometimes when you think out the box a little bit, it can make such a difference. But as an individual creating that video, I'm guessing that's where the real lessons are, right? Like what are some of the things we're able to practice as speakers if we try that approach? Right. So I would think for me, it's really just about doing more reps, right? It helps us communicate in a brand new medium. But I only have one rule with video messages. And the rule is, and people can write this down, I am not allowed to redo it. That is the only rule. So whenever you send somebody a video message, you're just not allowed to retake it. You have to just open your phone and just send whatever you made. That's it. And that's how you get better. Right. Including the bloopers and all. Including all of it. But it's only 20 seconds, right, Patty? It's not hard. It's literally like, hey, Patty, I saw it was your birthday. Happy birthday. And the next year, it's going to be, what's up, Patty? I saw it was your birthday. Hope you're in a wonderful day. And you just, you just get better at it. You're right. You're right. I love that. Okay. I'm going to check out when your birthday is now, Brendan, and you might just get that one video message. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to go back to the question that you said some other podcaster asked you in one of your early sessions. So what is the biggest thing stopping people from communicating effectively? Right. So you're definitely asking me the question in the right time period of history because now I have a better answer. Where does the fear of communication come from? The answer is the education system. Think about it, Patty. Where do we learn how to speak? Where do we learn how to speak in high school, elementary school? But the problem with those presentations is three fundamental things. Number one, all of them are mandatory. We don't wake up one morning and say, hey, Pat, do you want to get breakfast and present all day? Says nobody ever. So that's problem number one. 
Problem number two is all of those presentations are different. It's never, hey, Patty, what are you excited about? What do you want to present? You want to talk about superheroes? You want to talk about podcasts? You want to talk about books, personal development? That's not how it works. You got to talk about something that you don't care about, like Shakespearean poetry. Then after you've done that, you talk about the history of Missouri and you're like, do I even live in Missouri? Right, so that's number two. And then number three, worst of all, is every presentation you give in school is, and I have no idea why they designed it this way, is all punishable. So if you're 12, 13, 14 years old and you don't do well in your presentation, not only do you not get a pat on the back, you get a slap in the face. Isn't that nuts? So with all of our presentations growing up, that all are mandatory, all of them are different, all of them are tied to a punishment, we grow up believing that communication is a chore, so it becomes one. Nobody wants to get better at doing the dishes, and that's why nobody wants to master communication. I think there's so much truth in that. And I've said it many times on this podcast that I was probably the biggest introvert ever at that age of primary school, high school, and even through to university where I would be the last person to put up my hand in class. And I used to dread standing up at the front and talking. And it's only the last few years where I've been doing more public speaking and doing more presentations that I've started to break out of that and now you you just can't shut me up now but absolutely i think that early childhood and those experiences didn't really help in any way but i always have this perception that as a brit someone in the uk i'm always in awe when i see people from canada and america like even young kids who running their youtube channels even sometimes i just hear them speak. I lived in the US for a short period as well. And I just think there's something very different about the education system over your side of the world than ours. I find in the UK, people are much more reserved. And yes, we have some great speakers here, but generally I find you guys are better at it than us. Like, what's that all about? What's the secret sauce there? You know, I don't think there's a big secret sauce there, Patty. I think there's just more people, <laughs> to be simple. I mean, what the UK's population is, I don't know. I mean, correct me. What is, what is the population? We're actually double yours. So I think we're 60 million odd and you guys are about- 30. 60 million? Well, yeah. People we, live in that- Really? We like anything over here, my friend. Yeah. Holy, I never, I learned something new today. I thought the yeah. population was like 10 million or oh, something. No, that's just probably in London. <laughs> so, yeah. Fair enough. So I definitely think there's just more people, right? Because the population in Canada is with 30, 40 million, but the US is like 300-ish million. So there's just six times more people. So naturally there's six times more talent. That's one piece. I think the other piece is really just luck. I don't, I don't think there's that many big discrepancies. I think the only thing... Because I would say 80-90% of my clients are from the States. Very rare. I think I've coached me a few people in the UK and Europe. I think it's just a difference in mentality, right? Like in the US, it's very about work, 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 hustle, hustle culture. And I think that also has a benefit. And the benefit of hustle culture is people put a lot more time to get better at speaking because they know it's a high income skill. I think that's the only difference I would draw. But like, it's not, it's nothing massive. I think anyone in the UK can be a great speaker if they put in the time. I love the fact that you've given us things that we could just weave into our regular day. So those are great tips. I guess then if someone wants to get a bit more serious about speaking, and it could be for public speaking, it could be 
just some presentations at work. What might be a further step for them? What might they want to do next? Right. So so definitely let's get started with this, Patty. These three exercises that I talked about, the random word exercise, the question drill, and the video messages, you know, that alone is going to skyrocket somebody's skill. But here's the problem. The problem is the best way to speak is to speak. And everyone listening to this episode right now, they're like, oh my God, wow, these tips are so good. Patty, you brought in this great branded guy from Montreal and he's sharing all these great tips, but they're not going to do anything about it. So the, the big thing, the big challenge I would have for anyone who wants to get better, and I'm happy to share more tips, but the most important thing is, are you doing the random word exercise three to five times tomorrow? Are you doing the question once, once a day? That's it. And are you sending video messages on people's birthdays or just in general? Even if you miss a few days, it doesn't matter. Just once a week, mm-hmm. whoever's whoever the day you decide it's luck, their lucky day, they get video messages from you, right? Like that's it. That's all I ask people. And that's why most people don't win because they're not willing to do something consistently enough. It's same thing with my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel took so many years to build up, but the reason I was successful is because I haven't missed a week in three and a half years. And I never will miss because my content production is done for the next year. I'm already finished, right? Because I don't miss because consistency is the most important thing. And most people aren't consistent enough, so they don't get consistent results. Wow, you're a machine, Brendan. I love that. That's such commitment, but equally admirable. As a content creator myself, not anywhere near your level, but even with this podcast, I made a personal commitment when I started it back in April that I would do two episodes a week. And my friends and family were like, are you serious? Like, I don't even think you could do one. And I was like, no, I think I can do it. But there was something to prove. And I think so far I've hit it. And one week I did five episodes. Like I just went wild that one week. I was like, (laughs) I'm I'm just going to go crazy with this week. But I think when you have that drive and that commitment, uh, it, it, it's great. Then you keep it up. But you're right. I think a lot of us do give up on things, don't we, very easily. And so it has to be a reason and it has to be a purpose behind it, I think. That's what often drives us. So in terms of people's confidence, because I think that's another really key thing. Like we could do the exercises, we can practice the mechanics of presenting Any tips for building confidence? Because I feel that's often a really big barrier for people is to actually have the guts to stand up and speak. Right. So this ties into another piece, which is imposter syndrome, right? That's the main reason why confidence isn't there. Like where people feel like, oh, I shouldn't be here. Oh, why should I give this presentation? How do I develop the guts? So there's two parts to this. Let's start with number one, the fear, right? Because that's what we're really talking about here. At the end of the day, Patty, there's no magic bullet here. Let's let's use me as a case study. Why did I have the guts to start making YouTube videos? Once again, I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. Out of all things, I have a crooked left arm. I studied my whole life in French, my second language. Yeah, and I'm a tw- I was a 22-year-old kid at the time who had no clients and no business. Why did I have any business making YouTube videos on communication? My nearest competitor had a PhD in, in communication. So why did I do it? I did it because of the dichotomy between fear and message. Here's what I mean. Fear is like a boxing match, Patty, where one side of the ring is the fear and the other side of the ring is the message. 
The fear is all the stress, the anxiety, the nerves. And the other side of the ring is the message. Why is it important for me to share this idea? Why is it important for me to bring that message out into the world? And what people don't get is the goal is not to remove the fear. Because even for me, the fear is there. If me and you are having lunch in London, we're having fish and chips or something, and Elon Musk calls me and he says, hey, I need you to coach me tomorrow. I'll fly on my private jet. I'll pay you a million dollars. But I my pants. Yeah. Wouldn't anybody? Yeah. Even if I've coached a lot of high level people. Yeah, sure. I'd be nervous too. And that's okay. But going back to this boxing match analogy, the goal is not for the fear to leave the ring, but rather make sure that when your message and your fear meet in the middle of that boxing match, that your message gets the knockout punch, that your message wins the match. It's not about removing the fear. It's about making sure that the message is a little bit more important than the fear. How does that play into my story? I never started making videos for my executive clients. Obviously, I love them to death now. They pay my bills and they're incredible to work with. And they're much older than me. I started it for the 15-year-old girl who can't afford a coach. Who does she have? She can't relate to the 60-year-old white dude on YouTube. It's either I make the videos or nobody does. And it's that philosophy that made me take Master Talk very, very seriously, where I put real money into my channel to make it successful. And that's the perspective I feel a lot of people miss. Last piece on this is what Ali Gadet says so well. He says that if you help one person, the world will give you permission to help everyone else. You don't need to start with the person you're not comfortable with. I didn't start coaching high-level CEOs. I started with 15-year-old girls and boys. Then I coached people my own age. Then I coached a lot of CEOs in the tech space because a lot of them were my buddies in their early 20s who were raising money from tech companies, tech investors, I mean. And then I developed my executive coaching practice through those 20-year-olds, not through 50-year-olds. And now now I coach across all age ranges, but we got to start somewhere. I want to talk very quickly about storytelling and structuring your message. Any tips around that? Because I think there's definitely a big movement I'm seeing at the moment where leaders are trying to weave in more storytelling into their message. What's your perspective on that? For sure. I think storytelling in my 18 ball analogy that I alluded to earlier, Patty, storytelling is like ball 15. And the reason is because if your basic technique sucks and your story's amazing, your story sucks. Example, once upon a time, so I was in London the other day, and like if your technique flops, it doesn't matter how, how eloquent, how systematic your story is, it's not going to work. But for my advanced peeps who actually book time in their calendar to do the easy threes that we talked about earlier, all you need to know about storytelling is the following by Les Brown. Never make a point without telling a story. Never tell a story without making a point. What does Les Brown mean by this? What it means is that every great story has a key outcome, has a key lesson. If you don't have a key lesson, your story doesn't make sense. It doesn't have a point to it. So you always need to start with what lesson do you want to teach the audience and then backtrack towards the story. Example, one of the key lessons I teach in every keynote I deliver to companies and clients is anyone can be a great speaker. So what's the best story that helps prove that lesson? Well, my own personal story. You know, I grew up speaking in a second language. I got a crooked left arm. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. So it's this whole awesome story that inspires people, but also has a point to it. So you need to start with the point first and figure out the story later. Very finally on this segment, are there any books that you would recommend to people if they're interested in knowing more about this whole topic? Is there any go-to books that you would suggest? 
Yeah, for sure. So the book I'd recommend always is Thirst by Scott Harrison. So I'll repeat that again. Thirst by Scott Harrison. Scott Harrison is the CEO of Charity Water. It's a non-profit he started to help the world gain access to clean water. I think the guy's a savant in storytelling. I think he's one of the best in the world. That's why I'm a big fan of his work, because he went from being a nightclub promoter in his 20s in New York City to building the largest water charity in America that did $100 million just last year. So I'm really impressed by his talent, the way that he tells the story of Charity Water. And I think there's a lot we can learn from him and his story. So I encourage you to read the book. And my favorite quote from the book is, the goal is not to live forever, but rather create something that will. What a lovely way to finish up this particular episode. Thank you so much, Brendan, for sharing that. Of course, Patty. Thanks for having me.